Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Addy Hotbody Dawson. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Uh, welcome along. It's the Cranky's Odyssey, looking at their autobiography, Fan Dabby Dozy, Our Amazing True Story, Forward by Max Bygraves. Uh, we, 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 I don't know whether we should do this or not, whether this is fitting proper, but there's a chapter which appears to be about their sex lives, and some mm. of the things they got up to uh, when they were at the height of their fame. Well, they've, uh, the put it, called... they, they've put it out there, so they're happy for people know, to know. They want do, people to know. Yeah, but does it, is, does it worthy of being picked over Well, and raked through? I've, I've got to say a big yes. I think that if you're going to deep right. dive the Cranky's book and not go into their sex life, then you are basically letting down your audience in my opinion because this i believe this is what people are here for and they're sitting at home listening to this now wherever they listen to this going finally motherfuckers you're getting on to the sex bit we're letting down journalism itself yes exactly exactly right it's an interesting way how they get into it because they talk about how um jonathan ross in 2002 Asked them typically straightforwardly. He says, "So Jeanette, do you dress up as Wee Jimmy for Ian in the bedroom?" She says, "I'd heard that one a million times." And she said, "Oh no, Jonathan, Ian prefers me to dress as Harry Potter." Um, so then the next paragraph, she says, "We feel it's right to clear up all the myths and rumours. The truth is, we have always been together as a married couple, but that didn't stop us having fun with other people. So that's a big leap from oh, who do you dress up as in the bedroom to we're, we're basically." Swingers. We're swingers. There um, it is. It's out there. We're swingers. You have to own this shit. You know, it's the only way to stay sane. If, yeah. I'm not saying, I'm not just addressing any swingers who might be listening. I just think whatever you are, the truth sets you free. Fucking Jeanette Cranky knows yeah. that. She knows that. Well, like she just says, we like to have fun, especially at these wild parties. What and we, sort we, of knew- we used to have a catchphrase on this podcast that we haven't used for years, which is just drop the shit, just admit. Yeah, that's true. One of our mm. many catchphrases. Mm. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. Uh, she, she says, We like to have fun, especially at these wild parties, and we sort of knew what each other was doing and with whom, but we always ended up back in our own ho- hotel suite or in the house together at the end of the night. They were never fair anything enough. very serious. But it's fair to say that the Crankies were not as pure as the driven snow. So, 
I mean, yeah, the truth will set you free. That's what There's they're two into, mate. are in a relationship. They're, they're both yeah. doing things with other people, but they're they're open and, and upfront about it. Yeah, and I mean, it's, you know, there's nothing against. I don't think it's illegal to be to I do don't that. Think so maybe in the eyes of God, it might be. But you know, but then God, that's up to they're, you. they're happy for God to be their judge. I, yeah. you know, I don't really judge people. That said, uh, it's definitely not for me. And if ever I've had a whiff of anyone being even remotely like that, it mm. terrifies me. Not right. I mean, I've, no, me and the missus, we've never been propositioned or anything. That's not what I'm saying. But I just find the whole thing fucking scary. The whole sex party thing. I've got a that. mate. I've got a mate <clears throat> who in a journalistic capacity attended mm. a sex party. Right. They knew he was a journalist, I think. Was he wearing a pork pie hat with a card which had press? Yeah, yeah. Uh, written on uh, it. Yeah. John Pigface. Sorry, I mean, um, Dominic Human Face here. Normal person. <laughs> uh, I would like to inquire about joining your sex party. <laughs> no, he went to a I've sex got party. Money. Uh, he went to a sex party and I said, what was it like? And he, he basically said the weirdest bit the weirdest bit was mm. a guy. It was something like a guy won't accidentally spunked all over another bloke's face, and I remember him oh. saying he ended up looking like Homer Simpson, right? <laughs> um, and, and like you know, like bald head, but the spunk had formed a beard, right? <laughs> I know this is bothering you, but I'm started now, so I'll finish. And right. he said it was really awkward and another bloke, sensing the awkwardness as everyone went quiet, for want of nothing better to do, just jumped in and licked the spunk off the other geezer's oh, face. Oh, that's nice. A good Samaritan. And he was he was there for a... For, he, was, he wrote about it for a magazine that we both worked on. And I was right. like... I don't, he didn't get his cock out once. I think that's why... I think they knew he was there in a professional capacity. He yeah. didn't. He wasn't obliged to get his cock out or anything like that. Yeah. But ah, oh, it's fucking. Yeah, it's not for me. But having said that, no, no judgments. No, no. If that's what you're doing, I remember watching a documentary on Channel Four once. I'm having Channel Five about like a swingers club, hmm. and so many of them went along as couples, hoping to get off with other couples. But like the the other couples, the really sexy couples, weren't interested in these. Yeah, normals. Other, these n- normals, yeah, they weren't sexy enough for them. Yeah. And one woman got really, really upset because nobody else wanted to sex her. Oh, no. And yeah, see, there's, a, so, there's a fucking... All night. Yeah, it's a, a minefield. Oh, God. Oh, no, it looks like I'm just going to have to have sex with you now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a minefield. Like, yeah. yeah, for so many reasons, it's just not... No. I'm terrible at small talk. I don't know if I could do all the small talk. I hate small involved. talk. And also, you know, I am a nervous lovemaker. You are. That's I'm a nervous true. lovemaker. I can't, mm. I can't be doing all that sort of, you know public sort of displays of sexual prowess. Yeah. No, nervous lovemakers. There's you. no place for a no. Is there any sex parties for nervous lovemakers? Is there a sex party I could go to with just me and my wife? <laughs> and, where and I, no one where, else. Where no one's putting me under pressure. I'd, I'd actually prefer it if we didn't actually have to have sex unless is, we really, really wanted to. Is there a to. sex party where me and my wife would go along and just wear our pyjamas and watch Netflix? 
and then and then doze off at around tennis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we just book a premier in for the night. Just yeah. go there. Oh, that does sound nice. Get some crisps. Yeah. <laughs> Massive I'm thing of Doritos because we get to have we get, we get to spend time in hotels and watching oh, yeah. night telly. Yeah. Not together, obviously. We're not Morecambe and Wise. I've, I've got a premiere in account now because this is our third tour coming up. Have you? Yeah, is I mean... That, I, beneficial I, somewhere? I say an account. It's not like... I just got a login. Yeah. Oh, but okay, it, what, yeah. what I mean is it knows my details of it, so I just jump on there and go, yeah, coming to London. Yeah, I'll go book. there. One tap, book, book. And actually, <laughs> before you told me that you'd already done the logistics, thank God you told me yesterday because... Um, on Saturday, I just went on a premiere in booking binge. <laughs> I was so excited. Don't worry, though, mate. I did the uh, ones where you pay a bit extra to pay on the day. All right, yeah. So you, It allows you me to cancel last minute. Yeah, yeah. That's what I book me uh, Wembley playoff hotels for. for Sunderland it's worth season. the extra. Gives you peace of mind. Yeah, certainly does. And then, of course, you probably end up cancelling them anyway. Mm. Um... <clears throat> So, uh, yeah, it was never involved lovey-dovey stuff with the others, says Ian. We never had flings as such. It was just these incredible parties that would get out of hand. Wow. Jeanette would, Jeanette might ask someone, where's Ian? And they would happily tell her I was in the room next door with a dancer with my trousers around my ankles. Christ. A dancer. Fucking a dancer hell. of all dancers things. Might have had more standards. <laughs> Ian from the Crankies. Good, filthy, funny, says. Everyone was up to no good at these parties and we were no different. Mm. And then, here's a, here's a mental image I want you to, to uh, ponder over. Jeanette says, To give you an idea of what we'd get up to, one time we went to this party and Ian put some cottage cheese from the buffet on the end of his willy and sandwiched it with two cream crackers, then proudly announced to everyone, Look, I'm fucking crackers! Fucking <laughs> oh, <I get> hell. <laughs> Jesus H Christ I mean is that the height of one of the parties or is that one of the low points of one of the, the parties dis- most disgusting sure. bit of that well first of all it's like a buffet at a sex party no thanks right I'd rather have a buffet at a buffet party and secondly cottage cheese on the buffet and thirdly cottage cheese on the end of his knob cottage obviously designed to represent spunk but I tell you what if that's what your spunk looks like, all lumpy, you've got to get up the doctors. <laughs> um, after Nottingham, we went out of two with a show called The Palm Beach Review, Ian says, and I remember once running around in the buff wearing nothing but an eggshell on my willy. Why? As I said, I was always stripping off. Wow. <sighs> what, Jeanette says, one of the guys in this show was a magician called Eric Z who looked like Liberace with a big bouffant hairstyle. He had a real leopard called Scorpio as part of his act. This is immediately more interesting than any of the sex stuff. Yeah. An actual leopard. Um, <clears throat> he also had a, an assistant called Angie and a leopard tamer called Rocky. And Ian had a little ding-dong, as we called it, with Angie. And I had a little ding-dong with the leopard tamer, Rocky. Fucking hell. Fucking hell. Jeanette from the Crankies had a little ding-dong with a leopard tamer called Rocky. That's great. Just let that sink in. Wow. Uh, she says, I used to say it to Ian, you've been with that Angie again because you've got glitter on your balls. Aye, busted. 
you can what you can. Look at that. Glittery balls. Glittery balls and pieces of eggshell in my pubes. Guilty as charged. I'm proud of it. (laughs) On with the show. (laughs) And Ian says, and I'd say, you smell of cat's piss, so I know you've been with Rocky. (laughs) But there was never any real jealousy between us. If any jealousy started to creep in, it had to stop. We both made sure of that. So, uh, yeah, he says, I know it may sound strange to people, but showbiz is a very strange way of life. Working in the theatrical world, it wasn't unusual to wake up after a night out with all these people crashed on the floor of our hotel room. I mean, we're in uh, showbiz, I think. Podbiz. Showpods. Podbiz. Is it Mm. very different? No, we never... I think given that about 95% of our listeners are uh, men men in their late 20s with beards uh, who, who find it difficult to make eye contact... (laughs) <laughs> I think the chances, the chances of us having any kind of um, scenarios no, no. like that going they're, on. They're no groupies very, very in this game, kids. If you're thinking of getting into it for the groupies, don't bother. Try something else. Yeah. Yeah, true. Um, I'll, ne- I'll never forget we got to Glasgow with this show at the Pavilion Theatre, says Ian. And Eric Z said to me that his leopard needed a run. What the fuck? I just got to take the, the-, the leopard out for a run. <laughs> Stretch its legs asked- a bit. I asked the theatre manager, Ian Gordon, if it could have a run inside the theatre, and I promised him it wouldn't damage any of the seats as its claws had been cut and its teeth filed down, so it was fairly safe. <laughs> I'm going to say to you, hand on heart, <laughs> that this is fairly safe. It's fairly safe, and... That, to me, is as close as a cast-iron guarantee that you can get that this leopard is not going to maul anyone. This is Ian from the Crankies giving this assurance. It's not even the leopard tamer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's fairly safe. I'm pretty sure. Oh, it's teeth been filed down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. (laughs) It'll just kind of chew on your hand a little bit, but it won't break the skin. <clears throat> Might pin you down, but you know you'll be all right. Uh, we've got um, we've got a tranquilizer gun in case there's any problems with it. It'll I'm be not as sure good where it is. I've seen it a couple of days. It'll be as good as gold. Just don't look him in the eye. He doesn't like that. I, I think we might have left the tranquilizer gun in Leeds, but I'm not sure. If I'll he gets peckish, we'll get him a bag of crisps from the foyer or some peanuts or something. It'll be right as rain. <laughs> <laughs> the theatre manager I'll tell you what he likes he likes a pepper army have you got any of those <laughs> send someone out to get a few pepper armies he, he absolutely adores them a- apparently that's the snack that tastes most like human flesh did you know that aye aye no that's a tip I got many years ago from a zookeeper you know if, if you want to control a leopard or any big cat just make sure you've got a few pepper armies in your pocket and you wouldn't they go far wrong <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the Ian, the theatre manager, reluctantly agreed and told the wee woman who ran his box office, who'd sit there knitting all day between calls, that she wasn't to allow anyone into the theatre because there was a big cat running around. Uh, this is the God's honest truth. About ten minutes later, a rent-a-kill man came in to change the mouse traps and said to this wee woman, "Is it all right if I go in?" She said, "Aye, but mind, there's a cat running about." <laughs> this rent to kill guy this rent, this rent to kill guy walked in then came running out in a cold sweat shouting cat cat 
That's a bloody tiger you've got running about in there. <laughs> this wee woman apparently said, Aye, I tell you. I tell you. <laughs> Still doing her knitting. Yeah. Oh, God. Fucking hell. Do you remember the singer Patty Boulier? No. I think she was... Um, Described here by Jeanette as the beautiful yes. black singer, Patty Boulet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think she was the one from Opportunity Knocks or New Faces or something like that as well, Patty Boulet, and ended up on the on the variety scene. Um, she was also a part of that tour, and every place we turned up, the newspapers always wanted a picture of we, Jimmy, Patty and the Leopard together. <laughs> I would they know absolutely, don't they? I would love to have a leopard involved with our live shows. Mm. I know that, like, you always say, don't write any props into the... Don't write any props into the yeah. show because they're always a pain in the arse to travel mm. around with. And, you know, I try to stick to that. But, I mean, mm. come on, mate, a leopard. you got yeah, to admit, you're, temp- you're tempted, aren't you? I'm thinking we, about it. We could try it out pop reps in Sunderland, seeing as you've got a relationship I mean, with them. Just I'm t- already having I'm already having cold sweats and nightmares thinking about the fucking nature table. Yeah, tra- transporting that around. Let alone the fucking. Um, let alone a, a live animal. Yeah, <laughs> getting that on the train. In fact, is our mate the tra- John John the train still going to sort out train tickets? I hope so. And if he does, are we driving? Are we not driving again? I can't. This time the tour. Last time allowed for me to drive because it was a city-to-city situation. Whereas now it's like London to Newcastle straight, then Newcastle, Glasgow, then Glasgow, Nottingham. Sounds a bit mental. I might train it. I'm I'm driving them. This is logistical chat. Driving's doable. I've looked looked it up. London to Newcastle is... Glasgow to to Nottingham is like six hour or five hour or something. It's four hours. Okay. A bit, maybe, yeah, maybe you're a faster driver than just I am. Get, get out of bed at nine o'clock and get in the car. You'll be there by two in the afternoon. Yeah, all right, maybe I'll drive. Get on a train. Train from Glasgow to Nottingham is impossible. Yeah, I know it is. I've looked into it. You've got to crisscross yeah. the country. Yeah. You've tuned into logistics chat with Andy Dawson and Sam Delaney. We've gone from a leopard to train journeys in the blink of an eye. Mm. Um, I used to dread those photo calls as the leopard was always fairly well behaved until it clapped eyes on Patty. It wanted to rip Patty's head off. <laughs> so in all those pictures, you'd see me and Patty looking very nervous and no wonder. Um, <clears throat> at the end of the Palm Beach review, you called it that and why? We decided all the madness and our little ding-dongs with other people were going to have to stop because of the position we were now in, there was no way we could get away with it any longer. I mean, workmen were always shouting fan dabby dozy at me from building sites. It wasn't as if I'd be able to keep having ding-dongs with people like leopard tamers quiet forever. <laughs> wow, leopard tamers are notoriously loose-lipped, yeah. aren't they? Jalapeño. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jalapeño. Ian says it never crossed our mind at the time, but if the Sun or News of the World had got hold of that story back then, we would have been finished. We'd have been booted out of television in disgrace. It happened to Frank Boff. It could happen to the Crankies. Yeah, absolutely. They're right. And Jeanette says there was a bit of jealousy starting to creep in as well, and that was no good. We decided to knock it on the head after that tour, after an incident when we were returned to our house in Coventry, and the back door had jammed, swollen from all the rain. Ian put his elbow through the window pane, trying to open the door, and cut his arm really badly. We had to rush him to hospital as he'd lost so much blood. On the way there, I remember saying to Ian, that's God punishing us for being so naughty. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? So they do think about God. You know, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, but you know, all that stuff, and they are thinking about God. In the people do all sorts of weird shit and still think that it's going to be all right with God, don't they? Mm. Until they get to the pearly gates and they get sent downstairs, and he's like, "Oh no, look what we've got here! You thought I didn't see all those <laughs> sex parties and all the shenanigans with the leopard? No, 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 no! I no. have in my left hand a list." <laughs> A list. I will read from the list now. Oh, it's the crankies, and you've both died together. That's convenient all round, because I can read you the riot act to both of you simultaneous. (laughs) This was 1981, apparently, when he cut his arm, smashing the window in. Um, What the fuck? (laughs) Who? I don't know. Would you put your elbow through a window pane, try and open a door? Or would you I'll use maybe I, like, I don't I know, s- something I've else? I've seen it. Um, you always see it in films, don't you? But yeah. then there was a good film a few years ago where the nice touch in it was, was that it had, I think it was, who was it now? It was like Ryan Gosling and um, uh, your man Gladiator. Oh, Russell Crowe. Russell like Crowe. thing. Yeah. What it was called. Shit Cops. Yeah. <laughs> something like Shit that. Shit Cops or something, yeah. I've not seen it, but yeah. I'm and it was, there's just a great scene in it where they go up. It's re- I think it's written by Shane Black, who wrote uh, Lethal Weapon. Anyway, they go up to the glass. They get, he goes up to a door and has to break in, so he wraps a cloth around his hand to punch through the glass <laughs> and open the door from the other side, which is something you've seen done a million times in movies and TV shows. So it's just one of those things you assume is possible. But in it, 
he does hit and he just fucking cuts his hand to fuck and the glass doesn't quite break properly and he can't get his hand through the glass because it's all just and it just fucks up and it's basically that's what actually happens do you know what I mean so it's a nice little sort of jolt in the film where occasionally you take these tropes from films and show the reality of them do you know what I mean because so many things that you said I mean we've all tried things that we've seen in films especially when you're younger that uh, because you've seen so many times in films you think they must be true and Have you then, tried ever pick picking a lock with a credit card? Can't be done. I've done. Impossible. I've tried that. I did once pick a lock, but it was a really shit lock with a mm. paperclip, which I was quite proud of. All right, yeah. Mm. Uh, that was like when I was really young, and I'd a, seen that a, on a telly. Lock on, on a suitcase. It was one of those lock. shit like um, so-called safes you get from Smiths. <laughs> you know the type yeah. I mean for your yeah. money. And my cousin had one in his room. And he really guarded it. And like we thought there was all sorts of treasure in there. So when he was out, we snuck into his room. And I was like to my other cousins, don't worry about this. I know how to open a safe. No problem. I've seen it on Minder or whatever. So I get a paperclip. I unravel the paperclip. I stick it in a lot. And I fiddle, fiddle, fiddle until it pops open. Do you know what? Thinking about it, I bet it just wasn't locked. Because I always have remembered that with real pride. Like it was one of those moments where you try to do something cool Mm. and you pull it off. And you sort of can't believe it. Do you know what I mean? Everyone has moments like that. But I look back now and I think it did pop open easy. Maybe it just wasn't locked. Anyway, I'll tell you what was in there. I feel a bit of a betrayal to my cousin, but we, I don't know whether we thought it was money or we kind of had this sense that it was real contraband that it might be pornographic. Do you know what it was? (laughs) It was a load of pictures of Madonna that he'd just snipped out of Smash Hits. <laughs> he was really on, into Madonna. He, he we look, knew he was into lay Madonna. Them out on the floor for, for for purposes. Yeah, they were just like really neat. They'd been neatly snipped out, snip, 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 snip. Yeah, and then put inside a safe that he'd bought specially from WWE. Like, I keep my fucking Madonna <laughs> pictures in there, so no other bastard can them. look at them. They're just for my eyes. <laughs> Good for him. Good for him. I'm going to text him later about that, the dirty bugger. Oh, God. I'm, a, I'm sure I've said this before, but it was it was great for being a 13, 14-year-old when Madonna was around. In a it was wonderful. Phase. Yeah, when she was wearing the lace club, it was like, you know, sort of desperately yeah. seeking Susan age. It was yeah. I, I mean, we've talked about Very this a inspiring. lot. Honestly, it was just this one. It was like, I mean, I was a bit younger than you, and so I was not yet sexually... Awakened, you know, like the force awakens, right? I hadn't yet been awakened to my sexuality properly because I was probably about nine, but Mm. I knew there was something going on. Do you know what I mean? I thought Mm -hmm. this woman is wrong, she is dangerous, she is up to no good. I don't know what she's up to exactly, (laughs) but I'm scared and yet I like it a lot. Yeah. I didn't know anything. I didn't know what like a virgin was about or anything. She was fucking going along looking so sexual on this fucking boat in um, it was supposed to be Venice, I think. And she was rolling around and I was like, What the fuck is she up to? What would she do? Like you're sort of scared. She stand up straight. What if she got hold of me? What would she do? I bet it'd have something to do with my willy. I don't like this, but at the same time I can't stop watching. Really, really like it. Bloody Madonna, always confusing me. <laughs> <coughs> Stupid, oh, yeah, confusing so, um, Madonna. 
a safe full of Madonna pics. I had, I had a, one of the houses I rented a few years ago. I had a garage. And, and is that came, where you kept your Madonna pics? No, I did, I did <laughs> kept, I kept out in it because uh-huh. the, the lock could be opened with any small key. Oh, all. right, yeah. <laughs> it was pathetic. Yeah, lots, so it, lots it, of load of shit, got, usually, yeah. It, I kept nothing of any worth in it apart from my lawnmower, and it did get um, broken into three times. Well, actually, broken into, they just came along with a small key and just opened it up and had a look, but didn't take anything. They didn't take your lawnmower? Didn't take my lawnmower. Weird. My lawnmower was regarded as probably too cumbersome and not worth the hassle mm. of trying to transport it. That's the um, thing about thieves nowadays. They're fucking lazy, most of them. Well, I mean, yeah, I think if they nick stuff like bikes and that, they can just ride off on it and it looks like it's theirs. So it's someone riding around a bike yeah. in the middle of the night. It's fairly suspicious, but, you know, it could be a night shift worker. Someone pushing a fucking fly mower through the streets four in the morning, red flag. The best ever was when I got burg- I mean, it was, obviously it wasn't nice, but I was so impressed that the burglars come in and the first thing they do is they find your car key, which I stupidly kept in a drawer by the front door. Don't do that anymore. And then they, like, basically go out in the street, walk up the street just pressing your, your fob. Bleep, bleep, yeah. bleep, bleep. That identifies your car. They mm-hmm. then get in your car, drive it around the front of your house and load all of your own Philip. gear into your own car and then go TTFN dickhead and fuck off yeah. with everything. Yeah, that's just not British. It was outrageous. And then when they fu- and then he didn't even fucking hide. He hid in plain sight. He was driving around fucking Fulham, not that far away from where I live, in my motor for weeks afterwards. And the police spotted him loads of times. And when I said, well, if you can see him and he's driving around in my motor, like not giving about, oi, oi, like with your motor, do ya? Hello, Officer Dibble. Right. I said, why don't you stop him? And they go, because he is known to us. He is a volatile figure. And if we try to pursue him, he will just mount the pavement, drive through. It'll be like Grand Theft Auto. Right. So we, it, we can't risk trying to chase him in your car. No. And I'm saying, so he's just going around in my car and no cunt's stopping him. They go, yeah, that's right. Yeah. (laughs) They caught him in the end, but the car was written off by that stage. But like, yeah, yeah, they caught him in the end on foot and he ran up to the top of a building and they chased him up there. It sounded like something out of the fucking Sweeney. And when they got to the top of the building, he stood on the edge and he said to the police, don't come closer. I'm on loads of drugs and I'll jump. And the mm. police bluffed him and said, all right, good. Save us some fucking yeah. paperwork. Yeah. And in the end, save he bottled us, it and they the nicked him. Save some money and locking you up. Mm. Yeah, we'll come and give but you I a But I did push. get a nice bit of news. Is that Once he was in prison, through my mate who was old Bill, I got a lot of updates on how things were going. And apparently he ruptured his anus by smuggling a mobile phone up it. Oh, that's a shame. No, it wasn't. That's I thought shame. it was good. I, I, I must admit, I mean, look, I don't, I don't wish a, an anal rupturing on anyone, even my worst enemy. Well, come on. Are but, you sure? <laughs> let me think of the, the immediate names that come to mind when I think if I had to pick three people to be anally ruptured. I've thought of them, but I will not reveal them, <laughs> right? Um, but <laughs> but this guy... Hi, hi, I'm Jake Podcast. Welcome to my new podcast where I get a special guest on each week <laughs> and we talk about three people we'd like to see I like you to pick three people, alive or dead, could be a historical figure, could be a fictional <laughs> character, who you would love to see anally ruptured, suffer a severe <laughs> anal rupturing. <laughs> 
Then you have to tell me how the anal rupturing would happen. Uh, <laughs> First of all, a quick message from our sponsor, Jackson's Pillows. <laughs> mm. ah. Anal um, rupturing's there. Anal rupture, anal rupture chat for you there on uh, Top Flight Time Machine, a football podcast. Can I just ask you one thing the- before we finish this, and we may finish the whole cranky saga for good. Is no, that, I, no, I but, think there's more. Okay, when you read <laughs> out bits from this uh, cranky's book, I really like... <laughs> I hope you think this doesn't sound creepy, but I, I like... The, I like the sound. I like you reading the book out to me. <laughs> I do. You got a nice reading voice, mate. And sometimes Thanks. I just sit here and I think you think I might lose interest, but really I'm just like enjoying having you yeah. read a book to me. <laughs> it is it, there's something in that? There's something in that. I it's think lovely. adults do like being read to. Yeah, yeah. And you've got a good reading style. So I wanted to ask you when you were at school and it was mm. like English, and they go right. I'm going to go around the class and you're all going to read a bit out each. Yeah. Did you like that? Cause some people hate, like my daughter, she dreads it, them saying her name. She does not want to read it. Okay. Why not? You're a good reader. You're a lovely reader. Yeah. And she said, because I always think that I'm going to sort of get a start coughing or get the hiccups or something will go wrong. Right. And I'll humiliate yeah. myself. Hmm. Did you, were you a keen reader out louder at school? I'll tell you this. It was the first time when I ever did any kind of public comedy performance. Oh. And what it was, um, I still remember doing it. I, I did my reading thing, but I uh, inserted an impersonation of, do you remember Magnus Pike? Yeah. He was the TV scientist. <laughs> yeah. He used to gesticulate a lot, didn't he? Yeah, brilliant With person to impersonate. Yeah. yeah. I saw him once in real life. Did you? Working, walking down the street, not far from where I lived. Yeah, I was Fucking thrilled hell. by it. Yeah. So th- this will have been year two. So I'll have been like six probably. And we were reading a book. I can't remember what the book was called, but I remember the line. It was Elizabeth had an enormous bear. So it must have been about this girl right. who had a pet bear. And yeah. I remember doing this thing and I just went into Magnus Pike and I just went, Elizabeth had an enormous bed! Started waving my arms around and the whole of the class just fell about laughing. Really? And you know what? You know when you, you read like autobiographies of like comedians and that the first yeah. time they got any kind of validation yeah. from performance? It was that. And I still remember doing wow. it. Wow. Can you remember so how you felt? To, oh, fucking exhilarated. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that I can still remember it now. Yeah, and you, you were only about six when this happened. I'm about six, yeah. Fucking yeah. hell, impersonating Magnus <clears throat> Pike at six, mate. That is Magnus impressive Pike. stuff. Yeah. Just a quick update for all of the Lampards listening to this. I have since uh, researched, and it was actually a poem called Adventures of Isabel and Not Elizabeth, and it was by Ogden Nash, who was born in 1902 and died in 1971. The first lines of the poem were, Isabel met an enormous bear. Isabel, Isabel didn't care. Now back to the podcast. So, uh, I mean, it would have been him or David Bellamy, wouldn't it, about then? Gravel me grape big, nuts. Big guns. The big for guns. Kids to impersonate, for impersonators, yeah. For Pipe me, Bellamy. like Lenny Henry, who I've said before in this podcast, is a hugely, to my mind, underrated comedian, right? And uh, also a really underrated impersonator. No one could ever beat yeah. his, his David Bellamy. Just, yeah. just unbeatable. 
and his it's Trevor McDonald. Those are two yeah. of my favourite ever impersonations. Although now your Magnus Pike is up there too, especially six-year-old well, Andy's Magnus Pike. So yeah. you're good at this shit right from the beginning, mate. And now you got me. I'm a 47-year-old man. I'm just sitting here. I can't. I can't get enough of. I mean, you know, I could send you other books that are on my on my pile next to my bed and just like pay you to like record your voice well, reading. Them. This is the thing. This could be this could be a future career development, you know, paid for story reading. Absolutely over right. The yeah. Phone. yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll book in like about oh, I could do 15 minutes, do you think? Personal, minutes, like, personal story personal, read from Andy yeah, Dawson. I would charge if that's for members of the public. You should charge like top whack for that, like six, big money. Six a night, fifteen minutes. That'd be like two hours when you factor in a little yeah. break in between. But how much you want yeah. people to pay for fifteen minutes of reading? Twenty quid. Are you serious? I think you should charge 30, 30, I 40. think you should charge ten times that. Two hundred pounds for Andy Dawson the UK's top podcaster, to read to you at night time when he could be watching Bullseye, right? Yeah. Yeah, He doesn't need this. He's doing it partly as a favour, so you better fucking pay him right. 200 quid for 15 minutes. And if you want, you can record that and keep it and replay it to yourself as well. So actually it works out quite cheap if you think of the amount of times you'll probably play it back. Yeah. This is not a sexual service, by the way. Well, not technically, but you're free. Well, to, he can't control what you do while while you listen to yeah, him. As long as, long as you keep the noise down, there's nothing like he can do. He will yeah. stop if he hears noises that he doesn't like. And I will not read pornography either. And he will keep the money. Yeah. <laughs> right, I can hear something going on at the other end. I do not like it. I am putting this reading to a stop and read the small print. There is no refunds. Goodbye. Right. I've heard you making a bit of a moaning noise there, and uh, I'm immediately <laughs> going to switch to the backup story, which uh, is Shinder's list. <laughs> you know what? that once and for all. You know, like in your coffin drop at school, and they used to say that they kept a, <laughs> they kept a bowl of ice with a metal spoon in it in case someone got an erection, yeah. and then they would take the cold spoon and whack your willy with it to make it go <laughs> yeah. soft. I never saw that, but that's what my brothers told me when on at their school. Yeah. They should have just had someone there reading a, a like a story like Schindler's List or something while the coffin drop went on. <laughs> exactly. Um, From behind a curtain. <laughs> yeah. All right, I think we've uh, come to the, the end of this episode of The Crankies. Uh, we got slightly derailed again, but that's fine. Uh, yep, the story service will be available uh, from January. Um, all right, that's it from this one. We'll be back with more crankies next week because we might actually read the book properly and find more good stuff because I think there's lots in here. Uh, thank you very much and goodbye. Say enormous bear one more time. Elizabeth had an enormous bear. Goodbye. Hi, 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.